And it is good to see you this morning. My name is Ed Stetzer, and we're working through the Gospel of Matthew here at Moody Church. If you're joining us here in Chicagoland or watching and worshiping with us online, I'd like you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is it's perhaps the best-known Christian prayer in the whole world. I remember as a child we didn't go to church much, but I knew a couple of prayers. Uh, one was... Uh, uh, was Hail Mary full of grace. I, I remember that because I was often told to repeat that because I got in trouble a lot. So I was told to repeat. The other one was this one. And our Father, I remember it as a child, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is actually Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. So in the most uh, well-known sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, from the most uh, important teacher who ever lived, more than a teacher, but still a teacher, from Jesus, comes this moment where he actually teaches us to pray. He actually says, this then is how you should pray. So 2,000 years later, I learned those words, but I didn't know what they meant. I remember our Father which art in heaven. So I had a perception that the Lord, God in heaven, was a painter. Uh, our Father which art in heaven. <laughs> then I went on from there, thy kingdom come, thou are hallowed, hallowed be thy name. So hallowed was the only other word I knew with hallowed was Halloween. So I thought God in heaven, and I was maybe five or six, was a painter of Halloween art. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, probably you're much smarter than I am, but I misunderstood what was going on in this passage. You see, it wasn't something be repeated over and over again. If you're walking with us through the Gospel of Matthew, you know that just in the verses before, Jesus specifically says, don't repeat over and over and over again, thinking that somehow God will hear you. As a matter of fact, he says, go into your prayer closet. Your Father in heaven already hears you. So in this passage, it's not something to be repeated over and over again, as I thought and was taught as a child, that by saying these things, something would get better in my life. But it is a statement at its beginning of adoration and submission. Jesus says, pray then like this. What I want you to see is God loves me as my Father. We saw last week how important that was. He rules over me as my King from heaven. That's key, and He's worthy of all praise. So for me, having memorized this prayer long before I knew what the words meant, art and hallowed, I actually then would later learn the depth of them. And to be honest, I would now plan most of my times of prayer around the Lord's Prayer. Because it's not really the Lord's Prayer, it's actually the disciples' model prayer. Jesus said to them, pray like this. This then is how you should pray. So we're talking about praying like Jesus for the next several weeks, right? So we'll walk through this together through what's often called the Lord's Prayer, though I'll primarily call it the disciples' model prayer. So we'll go one week on our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The next week we'll go your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then after that, give us this day our daily bread. Then after that, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And finally, lead us not into temptation. So five plus weeks we'll walk through this. And my hope is that by the time we are done, you'll have a deeper understanding and appreciation of the disciples' model prayer. Today, we're going to talk about the first few words of it. We're going to talk about praying like Jesus and adoring the Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We'll talk about that. Now remember, we're in the middle of three forms of piety. 
that Jesus is calling for greater righteousness. Now, remind you, let me remind you that we're going through the book of Matthew for months and months now, so everything builds on that which was before. So we're in the middle of three exhortations to greater righteousness to the people who would do, well, they'd be doing almsgiving, they'd be doing praying in public, and they'd be doing fasting. But in the praying, Jesus says, I got more to say. I got more to say about this. And so here we see the disciples' model prayer, often called the Lord's Prayer. Let's take a look at the text. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, we're only going to look at this small section today. This, then, is how you should pray. Now, don't miss that. This is not a subtle, you know, I kind of was thinking about this might be a good way. Jesus says, this, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, if you're like me, you grew up, you know, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're more familiar with that language. The ESV, which we use here at Moody Church, is kind of a, a recreation of an older translation uh, that uses more traditional English. We don't generally use the term hallowed or hallowed, but I'll address that in just a few minutes. But other translations, more modern translations, would say, your name is holy or holy be your name. But I want you not to miss, this then is how you should pray. This then is how you should pray. So, how should we pray? Our Father, what does that mean? Let's take a look. Number one on our outline, it acknowledges that God is our Father. Remember, God loves me as Father, rules over me as King, and is worthy of all praise. So, it says, our Father, our Father in heaven. Now, this word, if you remember last week, as I kind of worked through my own father issues in front of all of you, uh, this word last week really addressed the nearness. Three times we heard the word father. Now, in the next verse, we hear the, another word, father, our father, our father in heaven. And that actually gets to a theological term that's important for us to remember. The term is imminence. Now, this term imminence speaks about how God is near and how God is here, right? He is imminent. He is present. He is here, and He is near. One of my uh, favorite Christian plaques says this. It says, um, uh, it says, God couldn't be everywhere, so He made mothers. Here's why it's one of my favorite plaques, because it's so bad. Because no, God is imminent. He is everywhere, and He made mothers. And so, so but sometimes we sort of want to elevate moms or dads into the role. No, God is imminent, which means He is everywhere. Now, why does the fatherhood of God relate to that? It's this close connection that we see that we're to submit to God as Father. Now, don't, God is both near and far at the same time. That's strange, and I'll explain it. But the fatherhood of God emphasizes His nearness to us, His imminence. He is our Father. Now, this really matters, right? So, our Father, not the Father or Heavenly Father alone, but our Father. So, when we are called to submit to the fatherhood of God, we're submitting to a loving, near Father, the theological idea of imminence that He is here. And it's the Greek, it's in the personal Father. And our, our Father actually is possessive. It implies ownership, right? Father, he implies a sense of ownership. 
And we actually see this closeness, this imminence. Now, the, the imminent return of Jesus is different. The imminent return of Jesus means that he'll come at any moment. That's what we believe and teach here at Moody Church. He can come at any moment. The trump will sound, and then, then, then we know that Christ has returned, right? So, so we know that there is this imminent return. But imminence is a different word. It means, as I said, nearness, closeness, and more. And so our Father speaks of the imminence of God Himself, but that takes place through the intimate personal relationship with God as Father. This prayer recognizes God as our Father, a personal Father. Now again, in the Greek word, our is possessive, and, but it, and it implies this closeness and ownership, but there's an Aramaic term that's also used at times, and that word is Abba. You've heard Abba, Father, and so Abba speaks about that relationship. Uh, some would say Dad. It's, it's a close relationship. Look at Mark 14, uh, 36, where Jesus speaks. It says, and he said, Abba, Father. Okay, now again, look at the double words here. This close word for Father, Dad. Abba, Father, all things Jesus is praying, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, but not what I will but you will. So he's actually submitting to the will of the Father who is near. The imminence of God is evident. The relationship of God is evident. Abba. Now here's the deal. When we as Christians talk about you having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we're talking about you knowing God as our, as your Father. So if you're here today and you sort of see God as this distant, uh, maybe you've watched too many of those cartoons in the past where God's some sort of distant old man with a white beard in the sky. He's sort of father time for you. You've misunderstood the very nature of the Christian faith because in the most widely known prayer, in the middle of the most widely known sermon, Jesus says, our Father, pray like this. He's not just saying him, he's saying you and me, pray like this. I mean, look at Galatians 4, the promise goes on. And because you are sons, right, sons and daughters, we would say today, because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the Spirit of His Son, don't miss that, of His Son into our hearts crying. So now the Spirit of God is in our hearts crying, Abba, Father, Abba, that closeness, Abba, that imminence, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave but a son. Now again, here the sonship actually relates to the special status, particularly of that firstborn son. So you are a son. Sons and daughters, you are a son in that you have inherited this from your father. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. That's the son, why the son matters here. Then also an heir with God. So don't miss this, right? God is our father. Imminence is essential to understand the Christian life. Here's one of the reasons why. It's so much easier to submit to a loving father. It's so much easier. You know, I'm, I'm, in the, uh, I'm in the teenage years with all of my daughters. I have three daughters, and I love them, and they're great. They got a lot of words. And, uh, and I got to tell you, I mean, I am a father, and I say, no, we won't do this, and we won't do that. And it's kind of interesting when they sort of go through this, and, and now that I got a 13-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 19-year-old, there seems to be an age when they don't just see you as saying no, and, and, and again, not all of them are quite there yet, and I, if I use their names, I have to pay them money. We actually have an agreement, by the way, that when I use my children as an example, there's monetary compensation involved. <laughs> And depending upon the illustration, it can go up substantially. So, 
and they are pre-negotiated, I should also add. But uh, so without naming any names, there seems to be an age when all of a sudden they get, you know what? I mean, my father is saying no because he loves me. I disagree with him, but because he loves me, and the whole conversation changes. Can I just tell you, that's something we all need in our lives, just to know that we have a loving father and we relate to him in that relationship because of his, his imminence. Now, again, it doesn't mean, you know, I told you last week that I, I pay my children to sing to me the closing song last week, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. And I say, that's who I am. And um, <laughs> we kind of make that work. And I mean, you can, if you pay enough, your children will sing that song to you. <laughs> and then I, I, they always stop with, you are perfect in all your ways. They don't get to that point. But you know, notice last week's message leads so beautifully into this week's message. That's the beauty of going through a book of the Bible. These are written together. So go into your prayer closet. Your Father who receives you will reward you. Your Father. Three times we hear about your Father. Now, our Father. God is our Father. But this is it. This I want you to miss, right? Because there are, there, are uh, there are cool dads and there are some uncool dads. And I asked my daughters which I am, and they said, you don't want to know. Um, and so it appears that cool dads are dads who do certain things, and I'm more of a nerd dad, and I can embrace the fullness of the nerdness. Um, but, you know, it seems that sometimes um, hearing God as Father, we think, well, is God a cool? Is he, is, he, is he with this? Is he with that? But sometimes we forget that God is not just imminence. God is also transcendence. Matter of fact, let's take a look at this passage, right? Number two in our outline. God is our Father. God is in heaven. Remember, God loves me as my Father, rules over me as my King from heaven, and is worthy of all praise. So notice what it says, our Father in heaven. That doesn't mean that God's sort of hanging around with you like your big buddy next door. God's not like your, God, God's not like your, your higher power pal. I mean, God is and rules from his throne in heaven. He is holy. He is just. He is perfect. He ex exhibits, right? He, part of his character is a transcendence. Right? So, imminence and transcendence are, are different things. God is near and here, but God is also far, and He rules from heaven. He, of course, he's, he's everywhere, but what I want you to see is God is not your fishing buddy. He is an infinite loving Father who is exalted above you. Now, it's interesting when we begin to talk about the greatness of God, because you know, some people want to reduce God to something else. Some people want to, want to see God as just somebody who gets them through the day. God is not your buddy in a tuxedo t-shirt. God is he who reigns above all things holy and perfect. Look at Psalm 145, verse 3. It says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Don't miss that. That's how great and different God is from you. His greatness is so great, you can't figure it out. It's unsearchable. It's unknowable. Prayer submits to a God who is over us. God is over us. And don't miss this. Look at Isaiah 55. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, right? I'm not your, I'm not your buddy kind of walking down the street when you kind of say a quick prayer to me. No, no. Neither are my ways your ways. You can't even understand the way I think, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so that's how much higher my ways are than your ways, and my thoughts are than your thoughts. So how do we think about this imminence and transcendence? 
God is not to be trifled with. God is not to be patronized. God is the ruler of all, our Father in heaven. Now, this goes right against what I sometimes call the Oprahfication of God. God's kind of my good buddy upstairs. I mean, I, I try to watch sometimes these um, award shows, you know, the different ones, and, and uh, sometimes I tweet things that I, that I shouldn't tweet in the midst of them. But I see people who get up who have profaned the name of God, who have debased the morality that God prescribes, and then get up on the award show and say, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God in heaven. And I want to say to him, he is not pleased. See, that's the part of the challenge, though, is that we want to reduce God to some sort of deity who is there when we need he, she, or it. But this really goes directly against the idea. It's our Father. There's an intimate imminence, a personal relationship. In heaven, your name is holy. And if you didn't get it, like, like God's not some sort of just cloud that follows us around to make us happy. God's not a guardian angel. It actually, the Bible actually speaks and says in Colossians 1, it says that for by him all things are created. In heaven and on earth, the visible and invisible, whether the thrones or dominions or the rulers or the authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So, I mean, God's not your fishing buddy. God's not your higher power. God is the ruler, holy, and just of all the universe. And the world's in rebellion to him, but he loved them enough that he wanted to be their father, our father. So he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin and in our place. So God is imminent. God has, we're talking about imminence and transcendence. Don't miss this. God is with us and he's over us. Could you say that out loud with me together, with us and over us? This is God, ready? He is with us and over us. He's our Father, yet in heaven, and we hold these truths together. Now, when I begin to read this passage, and this doesn't take a, a lot. I mean, I'm not drawing from 50 years of, of training and ministry and seminary. I mean, if we just read this, we'd see our Father. Praise God. He's a loving. He's praising for his imminence, right? In heaven, thank God that he rules over us. His name is holy. When we read this, we see something so much more. And I can't tell you how many times I just simply said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I said it fast enough to get him through as many times as I could to make up for what I did wrong. But God is imminent, this imminence and transcendence. And acknowledging God who he is reminds us, right, reminds us of who we are in Christ, right? So that leads us to number three, right? Number three in our outline is God is to be worshipped. God is to be worshipped. That's the setup here, right, right? Our Father, eminence, who art in heaven, transcendence, hallowed or to be made holy, to be worshiped in his holiness. God is holy, and he wants you to acknowledge it. I don't want you to miss this. See, when you're submitted to God as worthy, an exalted father who completely and wholly worthy of fame, you will indeed live that way. 
See, God, remember, God loves me as my Father, rules over me as my King from heaven, and is worthy of all praise. Now, now don't miss this. How can God be near and far away at the same time? Well, that's literally how God describes himself. Look at Jeremiah 23, 23. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord? Am I a God far away? So, I mean, he literally said, I am both here and I am far away. Understanding that will help you understand his love and his holiness, and both of those together will help you to rightly praise him for who he is. And you will praise him for who he is when you get that he is our Father in heaven. Holy is his name. And that'll cause you to give praise to God. It's it's prayer submits us when we begin here to God's holiness, not ours. It's God, make your name holy, hallowed or holy. Be made holy is your name. So hallowed uh, means a holy and acknowledgement of God's name is holy, separate above us. And by the way, the reason it sounds like Halloween is that All Hallowed Eve, the, the day before that was All Saints Day, was, was when ultimately they would honor a holy, the perception, holy people. So that's where the term hallowed comes from. But that's not what we're looking at. We're not looking at the holiness of people because the holiness of people will never compare to the holiness of God, right? So, I mean, don't miss this. Right now and through all eternity, right, gathered around the throne is worship of His holiness, right? Look at Revelation 4.8. It says, and the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, full of eyes all around and within. These do not sound like attractive creatures, just to get that out there. But all they can do, why do they got eyes? So they can see all day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy. The triple holy, try, say it with me, you ready? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Let's join in with angels and archangels in the company of heaven. Say it with me from holy, holy, holy. Say it with like you mean it, you ready? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Man, don't miss that. See, prayer submits us to God's fame, not ours. God, we're saying, hallowed be your name. Make your name great. Through this prayer, I'm aligning myself under his holy, loving, exalted Father God. Right, don't miss that, right? I mean, so here's the deal. Today's, today's Mother's Day, right? And uh, you should acknowledge how awesome your mom is if you can. I'm going to call my mom after church today, and I'm going to say, I mean, now that I have teenagers, I'm just going to say, I'm just sorry for just anything I did <laughs> for maybe for 15, 20 years. I mean, did we get that call back later? I mean, does that happen? Do your kids call? I, I have my mom. I said to my dad, thanks for, thanks for hanging in there as you could. Um, you know, and, and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to see my, I'm going to see my wife. Now, to be fair, we're going to, I'm going to bring her some flowers and I'm going to do that. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, Donna uh, and I, you know, we have three daughters. So pretty much every day is Mother's Day at Camp Estrogen where I live. Because um, they're always on her side, just to get that out there. But still, there will be celebration today because I'd like to live to tomorrow. Uh, and I'm deeply thankful for my wife and the mother of our children as well. 
But here's the deal, right? Your mom is awesome, right? I hope. I mean, I hope. If you had a good mom, your mom's awesome. You should acknowledge how awesome she is. But God is so many more times awesome than the most awesome mom that Jesus says, this is how you should pray. Hallowed or holy be your name. Let's put it up there. Right up there, a phrase. Go back a couple of slides. I think I didn't go, go to the part of a hallowed be thy name. Well, go back a couple to the beginning of point number three. Because it says the key thing. It says hallowed. God is to be worshipped. Hallowed. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Now, why does that matter? Because in so we acknowledge that his name is holy. Look at Psalm 19, verse 1. Here's what it says in Psalm 19, verse 1. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. All I know is I want to get in on this and join the heavens and the sky because God is worthy of my praise. So this is not about repetition. It's about submission. Okay, this is really key. Because I learned as a child, and I don't even remember why somebody said this. It's just I picked it up that if I repeated a prayer, one of two, long enough that God would be less angry with me and might be closer to me as a father. See, you can't pray holy is your name without understanding our father. You see, I can't muster up or conjure up God's presence by repeating prayers over and over again because his imminence is real. He is, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can join with us and say, our father. Don't miss that. Our Father. Now, now, let me talk about why this matters a little bit, because the, the, the Lord's Prayer is actually starting with the concept of praise. Now, I want you to know there's no thanksgiving at this point. Now, praise and thanksgiving are linked but separate. So, thanksgiving is thanking God for something He does. I'm thankful that God saved me. I'm thankful that God gave me three amazing daughters who are the joy of my life. I'm thankful for 30 years of marriage to Donna, the most amazing woman I've ever known. I'm so thankful for that, that she's both my hero and my soulmate. I thank God for her. So I thank God for things he has done. Praise, worship, are thanking God, or excuse me, praising God for who he is. Now, let me explain the difference between the two, right? So, God is certain things, and He does certain things. God is holy. He is just. He is loving. He is merciful. He is certain things, right? So, when you, if you call your mom today, and you're going to say, Mom, you are just a woman of character. You're praising her. That's praising your mom. You're a woman of character. That's all I'll say to my mom. My mom is a woman of strength. She, she, uh, when my parents got divorced, um, we, she raised us. Uh, we, were, we were on public assistance for a season. We were through hard times. She was a single mom. Um, and, and, and yet in the midst of that, she, she shared Jesus with me and more. And so she is a woman of strength. I thank God that my uh, mom, and I praise my mom as a woman of strength. Now, my mother also did things to, I thank, I thank my mom that she, that she uh, helped me get an education. I thank my mom for a hundred different things, but praise speaks to an attribute of the individual, whereas thanks speaks to an action of the individual. And this is all praise. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or your name be holy. So praise is not asking God for things. It's, th it's not thanking him for things. It's acknowledging him for just being who you are. As a father, I, I even do this with my daughters. I, I sat down with one of my daughters recently, and I said, I just want you to know, 
there is no one I would rather have as a daughter than you. Here are the things I just think about you that are so amazing. And I want her to hear that from her father, right? So, so again, that's, I gave her praise, right? So, and when it's with God, that's worship because God is imminent. He's close. He's transcendent. He's far. He's a father who is, exist, who is exalted above us and worthy of worship. You have a father who wants to give you his good graces and wants to lead you into his good work. But it begins with seeing God as father, that allows us to submit to Him because God loves me. Right? Don't miss that. Remember, God loves me as my Father, rules over me as my King from heaven, and is worthy of all praise. Hallowed be your name. It continues with us seeing God as in heaven. This allows us to submit to Him, for He rules over all, and it's acknowledging that God is worthy. Hallowed be your name. God is worthy of praise. God loves me as my Father, rules over me as my King from heaven, and is worthy of all praise. In this, we adore God. Now, I want to say to you, this is really important because the Sermon on the Mount is spoken to the disciples. And if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to hear this. This is actually not applicable to you. Now, I don't want you to miss this. I'm not trying to be mean or ugly towards you. I'm trying to share with you the words of Jesus. For the Bible teaches us that to as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God who could call on his name. So actually, to be able to cry out, Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. To cry out and call upon his name, you actually need to be in a relationship with the Father, and that relationship with the Father comes by the means he has created when he sent the Son, who lived a sinless life, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for your sin in your place, and if you might receive him, then he forgives you, and you have a relationship with the Father, and then you say, Our Father. I don't want you to miss this, because without Jesus, you experience the holiness of God without the mercy of God, and that's, without Christ, a terrible thing to behold. I want you to miss that, right? Because yes, God is transcendent. He rules, and He is sovereign, and He is mighty, because He is perfect, and He is good in all of His perfections. And without Christ's forgiveness, you can't stand in the presence. So if, if at the end of the service, I'm going to actually ask you to praise with me. And if you were to get up and say, and you were to be in that passage I read a few minutes ago from the book of Revelation where there were angels and archangels and they were all gathered around singing about the worthiness of God around the throne in heaven. If you were to be in that Revelation chapter 4, without Christ, you would be gone in an instant. Because the holiness of God comes with the judgment of God. And the judgment of God is on sin. Which is why maybe you've remembered, well, why did Jesus die on the cross for sin? This is why. So you don't have to. So once you miss this, because Jesus died on the cross for your sin and in your place, but if you choose not to respond to how God's working in your heart by, by, by grace and through faith, not to receive the eternal life, then what has happened is, is I'm saying, okay, I will face the holiness, the righteous judgment 
of an all-powerful, transcendent God on my own. And I want you to hear that. That's not a good plan. Now, instead, God has made a way. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's not like multiple choice. It's not like, well, I could go this direction, I go that direction. Here's what it boils down to, right? Because God is exercising imminence and transcendence. He is everywhere and he is far away. He is righteous, holy, and just, but he has come near. That means he is aware of everything that goes on around us. He is aware of everything you've done, everything you've failed to do, every fault and every sin. And knowing all that, he loved you enough to send Jesus. So the question then becomes, do you want to cry out, our Father in heaven, hallowed is your name. I mean, that, that's ultimately what I want to invite you to respond to today. God's already been working on your heart. Maybe you're here and you've been visiting and you're a guest, and I'm just deeply thankful you've been here. But maybe you've been saying, well, I've heard this, and I've, I've heard about this teaching, and I, maybe I've been coming for months or for years. But today I want to ask you if just in the quietness of this moment you might say to Lord Jesus, come into my heart, be my Savior, be my Lord. I want to call you my Father. See, God loves me as my Father. He rules over me as my King in heaven, and He's worthy of all praise. And then He calls to me, come follow me. So I want to just take just a second. Before we even close, nobody's going to come up. This is just me and you. This is not the close of the message. But if you're here today, maybe you're worshiping, watching online, and you don't know what it is to call God as our or my Father, I want you right now, I'm not going to do anything else, no music's going to play, I want you right now to deal with how He's working in your heart. And in the quietness of this moment, I want to ask you to pray with me if it's the prayer of your heart and you're ready to receive Jesus so you can cry out, My Father, our Father in heaven, your name is holy. Would you mind if you're a follower of Jesus, just bow your heads and pray with me. Just bow, bow your heads right now. Father, we pray for men and women who may not be followers of Jesus here. And Father, I pray that you might indeed speak to their hearts as you already have been, that they might receive the eternal life you have for them. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to, others around you got their heads bowed and their eyes closed. I do ask every head bowed and every eye closed. But if you're not a follower of Jesus today and you're ready to respond by grace and through faith to the work of Jesus, I just want you to pray this this simple prayer with me. Just pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, to silently to the Lord, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, I receive the eternal life you have for me. I trust and follow you. And Father, I pray that now they might pray with me our Father. Just while people are still have their heads bowed and their eyes closed, no one looking around, if you prayed that prayer with me for the first time, I want to ask you to do something right now. I want to ask you to just put your hand up and leave it up until I can see you and pray for you. We just do that right now. If you prayed that prayer with me, all right, I see that hand. I see several people around here saying, yeah, I prayed that prayer. Praise God. Father, I pray. You can put your hands down. Father, I pray for those who just lifted their hands. That, Father, you would be at work in them and through them so they might sing praise again to you. In Jesus' name, amen.